1: All right, welcome into the the honest sports podcast. I'm here with with Joey House, a, a new guest on the show. But uh, yeah, how's it going today? I'm pretty good. How about yourself? I uh, can't complain. Can't complain. We were talking off air a bunch of uh, a bunch of topics, so we'll we'll kind of throw it r- right into there. I mean, he's a like full disclaimer. He's a uh, a Philadelphia fan, such as myself, and a and a Penn State fan, which you know it's tough being all those things. It really is, but it's, it's fun. It's worth it. You know, it's fun and it's worth it. But um, yeah, I wanted to talk to you a little bit. I mean, Miles Sanders, right off the bat, you know, former Penn state player and now a former Eagle going to the Panthers. What, uh, what did you think about how the Eagles used them and, you know, what him as a player in the NFL uh, as, as that.
0: Um, Watching him run was kind of frustrating because there were times where he was uh, uh unstoppable and i i noticed that uh in the two years that he was with Jalen, they started to really succeed when they they focused on the rush which then um i mean like any good football strategist knows opens up the pass and i mean they've got some some great wide receivers there now um so that they they kind of fed off of each other and um, so I, I write for a, a website called Docsports.com. Um, it's a, a gambling sites, uh, in service, been in the industry for over 50 years. So they're pretty, uh, pretty established, pretty well respected. And I'm doing the divisional previews for, uh, the NFL. And this pains me to say this, but the NFC East has not had a repeat division winner since the Eagles did it four years in a row back in the early two thousands, two thousand one to two thousand and five. And I just don't think that they're gonna do it this year. I, I think that they got very lucky last year with um staying healthy and no like they had injuries but nothing season ending or, or where they really hurt themselves positional wise. And I also I'm just i'm not a, i'm i'm not sold that deandre swift and uh their other replacement are are going to be able to supplement what miles brought to the table
1: yeah that's interesting too i i maybe it's me being a little biased i who do you think the cowboys get the division then i gotta because it's like who who else is a player who else is a player there well see and, and
0: that's that's the thing i think if if philly wins they win by default because um i mean if saquon doesn't come back to the giants daniel jones cannot carry that team um and i think the cowboys are in probably the i mean and the red redskins the commanders or whatever you want to call them are just they're they're still a a few years away, a few drafts and builds away. Um, so yeah, it, it, it sickens me to say this, but I I think the Cowboys are probably gonna take it. They've got, that defense is stacked. I mean, you can't say enough about Micah Parsons. Um, and they're last year, they already started to prepare for life after Zeke. And I think that they're probably, in the best, but, and, and again, I mean, obviously all this is contingent upon injuries and things like that, but um, yeah, I think the Dallas is probably, I mean, they're not the favorite the, the Eagles are, and the Eagles are like, well, what I also noticed was um, looking at the different divisions uh, to win the division and then also to win the conference, the Eagles odds to win the division um, and also their total wins, their total wins are at 11 and a half right now. But their odds to win the division, I think, are like minus 140. Whereas, if you look at other uh, Kansas City, for example, there are 11 and a half win, um, total wins as well, and their odds to win the division are 190. So, the the uh, the the division isn't aligning with the conference, if if that makes sense, uh, according to Vegas, and so um yeah i i just i mean i never like to <laughs> predict a, a cowboys anything but i i think that they're probably going to take it for sure
1: yeah i mean hey you that's what if that's what you do you know you got to give the people your honest your honest feedback so yeah i definitely can appreciate that and, and you know that there's all authenticity there but i don't know i i I just have so much more faith in like Jalen hurts being a leader of the team and it's going to be tough. They're not going to, there's no way they're going to have the season they did last year. That's the schedule. Yeah. Everybody made a big deal about the schedule being so easy and that this, that, and the third it's, it's the NFL in my book. Like there's never really an easy, there's easier schedules, but there's not an easy schedule is my my argument to that. But uh, yeah, I I, somehow, some way I think the Eagles do win the division, but I will not be shocked in any shape or form. Like you said, it, it's been what, like fifteen years, just about like two thousand four, two thousand five, since somebody almost twenty. Hit. I mean, yeah, right, right. almost twenty. Is, yeah, like, yeah, it's crazy. yeah. So I wouldn't be shocked. Dallas is never uh, out of it, even when they're like they, there's eight and eight seasons. Like they were always a team that I kind of compare them to the Yankees. Now the modern day Yankees, they're <laughs> they're always a problem to deal with, but they never they never go the whole way and get it done. So right, um, they I don't expect them to fall off a cliff. I mean. Dak will be good enough. The defense, like you said, is always good, um, and they did go get, go out and get some guys too. So yeah, I mean, they they traded for Brandon Cooks, who's I mean, he's all right, but they they always find a way to get a little bit better. So yeah, that that's interesting right off the top. Um, yeah, picking picking down, I I could see it though, and and I think Washington's a few years away, and and like you said, if, if Saquon doesn't come back, I really don't know what the Giants are going to be. I know they start the year like seven of the first. 11 or 12 games are on the road, something like that. I know they start a lot of, of road games to start. So I, I just don't think the giants are there yet, but I, I do think Brian Dable has turned that team around quite, quite quickly. And I, I think they'll continue to get better. Unfortunately, they were always a kind of just a team you could run over the last couple of years, but <laughs> right. now they're, they're done, They're not going to be that. So yeah, uh, they're kind not of, that
0: anymore.
1: Right. Right. So kind of switching gears a little bit, um, being, being a Penn state fan, it seems like Sean Clifford's 40th season has finally come <laughs> to an end. Uh, what do you, What do you think about? I'll just ask you right off the bat: Is is what do you think about Sean Clifford's career? And and you know, was was the hate deserved? Was the credit like? Just what will you remember Sean Clifford being at, at Penn State?
0: That's That's a really good question. Um, I think what I'll remember him for is like. I'm a Clifford fan, um, I I write articles and I have always been a, a Clifford defender, um, but it, it seems like this year is, is filled with so much expectation, um, but we've heard that now, I mean, we heard that probably at least two years during Clifford's career, um, and we heard it the last year that, that Trace was there, so it's, it's funny because um, the knock on Clifford is that he holds all the records because he's been, he was there for 18 million years and, and basically started the program. And okay, yeah, that that holds true to passing yards and the passing I mean the cumulative stats, but he's also Penn State's leading all time uh, leader in completion percentage. That doesn't get better with, the more that you throw. It gets worse. So yep. and it, it, it's interesting I wrote a piece um talking about is is Drew Allar going to be cuz Penn State has not had success with their five-star quarterback recruits. They've had two in their history um and most most recently was Hackenberg was Hackenberg um and they have both been what the fans would consider unsuccessful but if you look at their stats and, and oh my god I can't believe I can't think of the um it, it was in the early 2000s I'll I'll find it out here in just a second but if you look at their stats they compare very favorably i mean Hackenberg compares favorably to Kerry Collins now i mean i was I was in the Navy when that 94 team went on their run. So Kerry Collins to me is like, not God, but he's, he's, he's (laughs) probably, I would consider him Penn State's best quarterback. Um, But, um, and then Todd Blackledge, Todd Blackledge won their first national championship. But if you look at his, his career stats, he was barely over 50% completion percentage. He won. And, he, I mean, he won a Heisman too. Is that right? No, no, no. No, um, Penn State's only Heisman winner was John Cavalletti that's, uh, that's, back in yeah. So. yeah
1: that, see, we're we're going back so far that it's like I, yeah. I get maybe. those two. I get those guys. Yeah, what running back? <laughs> running back, John you're Right.
0: Correct. Absolutely.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, and now Blackley. It's funny you mentioned the Heisman because he was uh, early in the season. He was a finalist in that that national championship year '82 cuz he started out the first three games of that season he threw for four touchdowns in each game and that was the first time that had ever been done i, I don't know if it was in, in college history but definitely penn state history i mean penn state's not known for their their pass i mean their passers but um yes yeah, so uh, these so there's a lot of pressure on alar um and I I think it, like I I I question like what is going to be what if what if we go ten and two and we lose the Michigan and Ohio State game is that a failed season? Um,
1: in my estimate, like if you're asking me with yeah. a, with the first year quarterback, I say no. Um, if this was like like Clifford's last season, I mean, I know I was so happy they finally won, you know, a respectable bowl game being being the Rose Bowl. I know they weren't in the college football playoffs, this end and the third, but uh, yeah, I mean, with Drew Aller coming in, I mean, kid looks good. Uh, you know, he hasn't started a full season though. So, you know, there's going to be ups and downs. He's not going to just cruise through the big 10 and just destroy everybody like that. That's and Penn state, obviously struggles against Ohio state. You know, that's going back decades now and really the whole history of, of their program, but, and then Michigan, as of late, Michigan's gotten a lot better, obviously. And, and they're a powerhouse to be reckoned with. I mean, they're in the college football playoff the last couple of years. So, I I think this year, if you go ten and two and you lose to Ohio State and Michigan, I hope one of those games is at least competitive. I don't want to see them get blown off the, the field like they have. I mean, like last year against Michigan was just god awful. Launch. Yeah, that was
0: that was ugly. Right.
1: Right. So, and and the Ohio State game was very winnable. That's what really sucks too. Yeah. Um. It- but I mean, yeah, I think with our like in the situation that they are in with Alar being a first year quarter, you know, first year starter, I should say it, it wouldn't be a failure. I mean, I, I wouldn't. Lo- obviously, I'm, I don't love it, but I do kind of fear that some of these teams are going to be better. Um, obviously, like Iowa last year wasn't great. You know, we'll see. But, you know, we can talk more about that. But but what do you think? I'll toss that right back to you. What, what do you, What's a successful season under the circumstances?
0: I I think I'm in uh, pretty much in agreement with you because um, I mean we play we travel to Ohio State and and play in the horseshoe uh, historically I think we have two wins there since we've joined the Big Ten um, <laughs> yeah. so that that is tough and then although I think out of the, out of the Big Two Ohio State is the winnable game or is the more winnable game. Uh, because one, we should have beat him last year. Like, we we, we had them on the ropes. We had a, a fourth quarter lead. Um, and, like, you hear the the anti Clifford haters say, well, he caught, they threw three picks and all that stuff, but he also had three touchdowns. Like, he he was, as much as the, he was the reason that we lost it, he was the reason that we were there. Um, but going to the horseshoe is, is always tough. And michigan i think is the better all-around team so i i think 10 and 2 is is good and but then you have there's also as much as there there was the anti clifford camp there's the anti-franklin camp and they're claiming all you just are satisfied with mediocre first off 10 and 2 is not mediocre (laughs) (laughs) i mean you're winning five you're winning 83% eighty three percent of your games it's not mediocre by any stretch of the imagination and I, fans fans seem to have a distorted view of the past and and I mean I can admit to being guilty of this because when I uh, reminisce about certain events or things like that, a lot of times it gets changed a little bit until I watch it and I realize, oh my God, I was really off about that um but if you look at Penn State. Uh, and basically in the last 15 years of Joe Pa from, from 2000 on, they had, you know, that's 13 11 years, but that was, there were two competitive teams there, uh, two teams that won the division. Um, we had our first losing seasons and in, in decades under him. And so. They talk about oh well, ten two is mediocre, and you're just—I mean, you're sad. And we haven't been nationally relevant for a pretty long time, and we're starting to like every year. We're we're at least in the beat. Well, last year we weren't, which was kind of surprising, and that's why I think what made that season so so great was the fact that it was very reminiscent of the 2016 season, where we just came out of nowhere. and it's just, I mean, but we beat Ohio State, like. Yeah. uh So I think ten and two's successful, but there's, I mean, and, and I don't think that would put Franklin on the hot seat. But ten and two the next year, uh, but the, ten two the next year probably gets us into the playoffs. If we make one playoffs, I think a lot of this animosity towards Franklin goes, like, because. Then we're in the playoffs. I mean, and anything can happen. I I
1: think, yeah, no. And, and watching a lot of like uh, preview season shows and, and, and what have you, I think 10 and 2 is it's kind of the ceiling for this team with all circumstances considered. I mean, a lot, you know, you lose Joey Porter Jr. to, to the draft, it goes to the Steelers. It's pretty cool that that happened just because mm-hmm. of the. His, his dad and, and yeah the and, lineage yeah absolutely right right and then and then Parker Washington getting I think he goes to the the Jaguars but my, my point being like they, they lose some really star players on this team Parker Washington to me was a little bit overhyped I don't think he ever really like he won't be I shouldn't like with no disrespect or anything but I don't know <laughs> if he'll be remembered like even Jihad Dotson like he was good but you know it's these teams aren't like elite, elite. So it's not like uh, your Jerry Judys and stuff like that that have come out of Alabama. You know, Penn State's not on that pedestal, and and these guys haven't been like absolutely earth shattering. They've been really good, but they haven't been like you know transcendent. I'll, I'll put and Parker Washington seemed to always get hurt. But my point being, like those those guys were good, and they were some of the best players on those those Penn State teams. Losing them, um, you know, Manny Diaz coming back, thank goodness. I think. Yes. So- a big piece to why this defense played as good as, and people were like, you know, so anti Manny Diaz. If you watch the Eagles with Jonathan Gannon, you would love Manny Diaz because the direct opposite it's aggressiveness, bringing blitzes out of left field, this, this, bringing this guy off this edge where Jonathan Gannon for the Eagles would just sit back and just let everybody get a thousand yards passing on them. So (laughs) long story short, I, I love that Manny Diaz is back. Um, I think, like I said, I think ten and two is like the ceiling. I could see this. I I hate to say it, but I could see it being like an eight and four year. At the same token, though, because like going to Illinois, you know, you take it back a couple of seasons ago. They they come to to Happy Valley that that dreary. It was like a noon or one o'clock. I mean, it was six o'clock till it ended because it went nine <laughs> overtimes, right. nine overtimes. But I could see them potentially losing that game. Uh, I'm not saying they will, but I, I don't feel great about that going into that. You know, Illinois is on the upswing, and you know they've they've played a lot better. Uh, I forget their coach, but they, they've they've been playing a lot better. So th- that's a that could be a loss. Um, Maryland, I don't I don't see us losing to Maryland, but they've gotten better. Uh, but that last game of the year is always a concern. Playing in Ann Arbor. That's where I think if you lose to Illinois, you got to beat Michigan. Like you can't lose four games this year. I don't care who the quarterback is. If you want to stay nationally relevant and and you know recruiting, like even at two losses, you I think you can recruit a lot better than at four losses. Um, just go that last that last game. It's been a troublesome place at times for Penn State in the past. I mean, Clifford lost to him a couple times at, at the very least, and it's never nice. Michigan
0: State.
1: Michigan State. Yep. I'm sorry, not yeah. not Ann Arbor, yeah, uh, Michigan yeah. State. Um, but they're they're
0: they're playing in a dome this year. They're playing at, uh, I think they're playing at Ford Field. Oh, no kidding.
1: See, yeah, they they
0: moved it. Yeah, um, there's
1: there's some insight I I wasn't aware of. So that that's that helps definitely because those those conditions, uh, I forget what it's called now. It's not Ann Arbor. I keep saying Ann Arbor, but uh, East Lansing. East Lansing. Yeah, like right on right on the lakes and things. It's like mm-hmm. you can't even see the field at times. It's it's you know 10 degrees with snow, snow. coming in sideways yeah. right yeah exactly. like Exactly. And and that team just is scrappy. They they're not a great team. I mean they have they've had their seasons but even when they're not great they're a scrappy team. They're a physical football team. The Michigan State is. So mm-hmm. I I I don't know. I I my gut tells me this team loses 3 games. I hope I'm wrong, but I don't think they lose 4, but I think they might lose 3.
0: Wow. Um I hate to say it, though. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it, it's good that it, you're it's, it's always nice to try to be realistic. Um, and. I, I mean, it, it was interesting. I was initially I was much more concerned with West Virginia uh, than I am now after doing the research, although it was very fortuitous of them to schedule us home first, because if Drew started on the road in Morgantown I, he might be scarred for life I mean that Morgantown is just such a crazy place um but I I don't uh, like I see the ceiling for them I mean obviously 12-0 but a realistic season I mean I think I think they have a very I think 10-2 and two is exactly what they'll be and uh, and it, it sickens me to say that because we'll finish in third place third place in our division again and we'll be in the top 10 in the country but we're I mean you're not making up, I mean unless Ohio State trips up somewhere and in 2016 they lost to, I think they lost to um they lost to either Illinois or or Purdue and that's how we were able to sneak into the play or no Michigan did I'm sorry Michigan did and then Ohio State beat Michigan so I mean it, playing in conferences it's such a new dynamic that you really, like you bring up some good points um Illinois isn't something is not a team that you think would like really stand a chance but a conference play is just so it's so topsy turvy and it really doesn't it doesn't necessarily matter what the records are it just ha- i mean shit happens
1: yeah no i i agree with you it's i mean Michigan and Ohio they are such uh they're such powerhouses especially you know how Michigan has really turned things around for a while. It was, you know, will Jim Harbaugh get fired? Type right. conversations. Um, Kind of going back to what you said, you know, a couple minutes ago. I, I'll be honest; I haven't been the the, the biggest. I was more of a, a Clifford supporter than I was uh, James Franklin. I, I think I'm not going to say he's a horrible football coach. I'm not. I'm not going to go quite that far. But there's a lot of times where it makes me, makes me scratch my head. There's a lot of times where I think. Clock management's been absolutely horrible. Uh, I think play play calling, whether – I know he doesn't call the plays, but I think he's got to put his foot down and say, you know, we're not doing that here. Like, I, I just – I don't – I never feel like, okay, because we have James Franklin on our sideline, like, that's a great thing. I'm never sure. on I, – I kind of have one foot in, one foot out on James. I think he's a good person. I think he makes the kids better by going through the Penn State program under him. Now, is he – like, is he – even half of what Nick Saban is I'm not I, I can't really say that and obviously you point to Nick Saban because of the the national championships but it's that like I, I don't feel like Penn State ever has the discipline level to like these elite programs where it's you know is he really screaming at some like they'll be up two touchdowns and out of nowhere like the other team will come right down on the like it'll just be like okay well now it's anybody's ball game like they they don't <laughs> know how to shut the door I don't think he's like screaming in people's faces when they're up 21 points. I think we're just like, okay, we got this. Like, or you'll see a clip of Nick Saban. I saw one the other day it was 56 to 10 and they got called for 12 men on the field and he was screaming in people's <laughs> ears. Like, I think there's the difference between your, and, and you have to obviously have to gain that respect, but I, I just, I know he's made the program better, but I, I just, I think we still could have done better if that makes sense. Like not exactly Absolutely. satisfied with, with who james franklin has been as a head coach there
0: right and you bring up the points that, that i mean the anti-franklin i call him the the sect because it's there's like a division of franklin supporters and then people that that want every anybody else there i mean in all honesty i was very disappointed when bill o'brien left because i thought he was a and and to your point about franklin being maybe not the the best x's and o's coach um i actually have the exact same opinion of that motivationally speaking he's phenomenal um i don't know if you saw the video where he announced the hire of Dion barnes as defensive line coach
1: Yep. yeah uh,
0: i mean i watch that like once a week now because that is just so inspiring um but yeah clock management has always been uh an adventure to say the least (laughs) um and and but and i also for the longest time i wasn't aware that he didn't call own plays until last year i had somebody point that out to me i'm like oh okay so but at the end of the day as a head coach uh he's ultimately responsible for whatever happens
1: exactly yep that's exactly and, and a lot of uh, I'll cut in real real quick a lot mm-hmm. of people won't a lot of people won't make that point they'll say oh well it's not fault. like they'll dismiss it like no at the end of the day he he runs that that program he runs the team exactly. he's got to you know if if the offensive coordinator doesn't know what he's doing either fix it or get a new offensive coordinator you know like you can't right. just deflect blame all way from him that's my that's my point
0: yeah, I, and I agree. Um, I'm ex-military. I was in the Navy and uh, if, if a ship runs aground um, in the middle of the night while everybody's asleep except for like some junior ensign on the deck or whatever, the captain's going to probably lose his job because he's responsible for every person on that ship 24 hours a day, seven days a week. It doesn't matter whether they're all now. And so, and a head coach of a of any major program, I mean, it doesn't matter what sport, is the captain of that program. I mean, they're responsible and a lot of times like now that doesn't necessarily mean that if a if one of these players messes up or whatever and gets in trouble with the law or something that the captain but if it's a, a pattern, then that that's got to stop, but yeah, and when it comes to anything game related, the head coach the buck always stops at the head coach. And you're right. A lot of people don't—they they make excuses and things like that. So I—I I have been unsatisfied with that. Um, but overall, you—you you touched on a very good point. Uh, I think the—the the, the players that he produces are generally good people. Uh, They're—they're not—they're—they're—they're um, they're, they're a benefit to their society. They're not a drain on.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No question. No question. No. And and I get what you're trying to get, you know, get, get at there. Like you don't see a lot of Penn state guys getting in trouble and, and and I think it's pretty controlled environment. I mean, they're all college kids at the end of the day. It's, it's, you know, you're kind (laughs) of putting gasoline on fire to a certain extent, but um, yeah, he, he runs a good program in that sense. It's just, yeah, I, I, that Ohio state game really, I mean, I, I kind of give him, you know, some credit for coming back, winning the Rose Bowl. Like if they would have lost the Rose Bowl, I really would have been like, just get this guy out of town. <laughs> it, it's the the amount of money they paid him is another. Pr- like I think that's yes. where you got to look at it. Like is is he worth the money they're paying him? I don't believe that he is. I probably maybe might not. Hopefully I do, but maybe I might never think that he is. But <laughs> it's uh, that that plays into it too. So I I guess I I mean it's kind of a loaded question, but what does James Franklin have to do? I, I'm not sure exactly where you stand on how happy you, you've been with, you know, what he's done with the program, but what do you think he needs to do is like a college playoff appearance. And then let's say, what if they get like run off the field and the, they get to the college playoff and then it's, you know, 56 to 10 on the other side, like, what, what do you think? What, Cause I don't, if that happens, I think there's going to be outrage, like, you know, regardless. So. Yeah.
0: Um, okay so addressing the the franklin the the only other issue that people tend to gloss over um and i I, i've heard in in pat in your past podcast, this is a bit of a taboo subject to talk about but it cannot be overstated enough how how drastic those sanctions were against penn state and I mean, if, if you look at, and it's, they were good. They were good when they took place. And that's the that's one of the only reasons that they were able to survive. But if you think about it, they were four years removed from damn near a death penalty sentence. And they won the big 10. So to, to me, like when, Because you'll hear a lot of times about Franklin's record against top five teams and stuff like that. Well, Joe Paz was, I mean, almost identical to that. And top five teams don't lose games often. Like, so we're definitely not where, like I grew up in the 80s and the early 90s. So we were a national, I mean, we were a blue blood of college football then. I mean, every year we were, it was expected that we would contend for, or be at least be in the national championship picture. And we're definitely not that now. So we, we need to get there. Um, so to, to what does Franklin need to do? I mean, first you've got to get to the playoffs. And it's unfortunate because if you look at it, I think since like 19 or since 2016, um, we would have made the playoffs like six out of those eight years i mean obviously the 2020 and and you talked about illinois and the overtime game like i discount that whole that season to me didn't even happen Uh, one because it was horrible but two because i I mean our best defense i mean arguably one of our greatest defensive players of all time didn't play that that whole season and so like i just i just i discredit that completely um that season not you but that season um but so it, it, if we make the playoffs and we would get blown out I mean obviously the anti franklin crowd's gonna just say oh well, I mean this is just further pr- proof that that he can't win the big game and all that stuff um god that's that's almost as like is it better to make the playoffs and get blown out or not make the playoffs and win a
1: yeah I'm <laughs> I'm the, t- we'll see. I mean, we, all of our sports teams really align. So, right. You know, I am, I am a, additionally to the Phillies, I am a, an Orioles fan. So, that's, you know, I have two teams, whatever. It's, but <laughs> it's, it's one of those things where like, it's not like I have two teams because one of them sucks. Like, they both right. have their failures more times than not. Um, But what I'm trying to get at is, you know, talking that we have the, the same teams. I mean, the Eagles get to the Super Bowl, they're up, you know. Quite, a, I think ten points at halftime it could have been more. Uh, I can't remember, you know, that. But, you know, they blow it in the second half. It's like, do you, would you rather not have made it at all? I, I, I really hate the pain that, that comes with. You know, you, you get to a certain even if it's a playoffs. Like, let's say, Penn State gets to the playoffs and loses the first game. Like, it, it hurts more for me because you have those expectations. You kind of, you don't maybe you don't even expect to win, but you expect it to be a good game. And then if you get like trounced in the first round, like, I, I don't know, let's say Clemson's a good team again, and they come in and you're playing an SEC powerhouse like them. And, and it's like 48 to, to 20. Like, it, it's one of those games where like, you know, you go back to Michigan at last year, like, it, it's just so, it's so hard to digest it. It's just defeating. Like it takes all the air out of your sail because, by halftime, you pretty much know most I mean, not that game, they actually were in it at halftime, but right. if it's if it's a situation where it's like, man, they are just clearly a lot better than than the other team. Um, I hate to see that. So yeah, I think you gotta you gotta play a competitive game in the college playoff. You know, obviously it opens up not this season, the following, but it's like you have to and, and it does kind of scare me a little bit with USC coming in. I know Lincoln Riley's at the top of that, that program. So UCLA, not so much. I mean, I think they will be beatable, um, but I mean, who knows, but it's, yeah, I think you got to go to the playoff and you got to keep be competitive. You can't go to the playoff and get embarrassed because then the Franklin, you know, the I would say the crowd that I'm in, uh, <laughs> we would come out in full droves and say, man, this guy, we can do better. We right. paid, I, I was just upset when they signed him long-term the, the fact, That they went super long-term I think 10 years with that deal. And I was like, has he really done enough to warrant that? I'm not, I'm not sold on that. Maybe five year deal. We're talking a different story, but.
0: Well, see, and the thing with uh, the fans, with the coaches, we, we, because I'm a little bit older. I mean, like I said, I grew up I mean, I remember the AD teams and things like that. That's when I really started paying attention. and the whole football landscape was just so i mean drastically different then, and the coaching landscape was different and this happened actually with uh, Michael Shrewsbury uh leaving penn State after this uh, after this phenomenal basketball season that we had, and he jumped ship to go to Notre dame and and people were bitching about that and upset and and whatnot and the the thing that they don't realize is uh, being I mean, I, I, we believe blue and white. So Penn State is the destination. But for a lot of other people, Bill O'Brien, Michael Shrewsbury, it's not the destination. It's just the stop to the ultimate destination. Bill O'Brien, I mean, was an NFL coach before that and made no, he didn't try to hide the fact that he wanted to be a head coach in the NFL. Um, Mike, Mike uh, Shrewsbury is from Indiana. So he's always going to have ties to, to indiana so he gets back there however he can um and i I mean if i if if i had a chance i mean if i was a coach i mean obviously penn state would be the dream job like i wouldn't want i i wouldn't want to go anywhere else but that's not the same for everybody else and that's it's it's difficult for the fans to to realize that that i mean these coaches have to do what's what what's best for them so i think when uh sandy barber made that contract for franklin it because i mean there's a lot of talk that i mean when franklin first got there every off season was is he gonna go there is he gonna go there and that's the shit that like i never had to worry about growing up like a, i mean just joe it was never a question if, if joe was gonna it was a question if his assistants were going to be there <laughs> um but but even them, I mean, you look at the the longevity that that they had there, um, and so I think that they felt that that contract needed to be made to let Franklin know that the university believed in him, and so that because when you have the stability of the head coach, where it's not a question of of are they going to jump ship or not Uh, because all all those recruits that micah went out to i mean we didn't everyone i i'm i'm almost positive every one of those recruits that signed under micah left elsewhere and so when when you have a coach that has such a long-term contract and you know that chances are he's going to be there that adds a, a layer of stability to the program that i think helps in recruiting and and if it's one thing that franklin can do it's it's recruit i mean he's he is if not i mean if you he may not be the greatest coach but he's one of the greatest (laughs) salesmen
1: right yeah i give you that No, you make you make some really really good points um and i'm not i shouldn't say i'm a james like i think my father might be more a james franklin hater than i am (laughs) uh but it, it, I'm not far. I mean, you know, that's usually how it goes, you know. Yeah. Um, uh, but it's one of those things. That I, I just, it, it doesn't matter who you can bring here if you can't get the job. Like I, I, I think it's time that they, they need to win the Big. Ten. I know that's a huge challenge, but you got to find a way. One of the I'm not saying win the Big Ten every year. That's not what I'm trying to say. But right, like Ohio State's defense has depleted lately. Um, you know, they were giving up massive amount of points last season. Mm-hmm. And somehow they they find. I mean, they always have great receivers. Like it's it's crazy dude, the amount <laughs> yeah. of that they can bring in there. But and quarterback, obviously. But it's yeah. I just think he has to do more. I, I definitely agree with you. Like having that long term deal, you know, you are going to bring even more recruiting through the door. Like you said, because of the stability, you don't every year. Like like you had mentioned, like it was always is he going here? Is he going there? Was, mm-hmm. I forget where the destinations were, but, but USC yeah, was one of them. USC. yep, yeah, yeah. USC was definitely one of them. Um, but uh, yeah, as fans and, and I'm kind of just repeating everything you said, but that is such a good point. Like I wouldn't want to go to Northwestern. I wouldn't want to go, even if it's in the big 10, it's yeah, it's a good job yet, yeah, but you're, you're springboarding to go to Penn state like that type right. of thing these guys don't think like maybe James Franklin did because he grew up in right, you know, outside of Philadelphia, mm-hmm. you know, most Penn Pennsylvanians are, are I uh, would say Penn State fans. I mean, scandal probably hurt that a good bit, but uh yeah, I mean, you got your Pitt fans. You always have that. I mean, Temple's not, doesn't have the following that Penn State does. Not even close. No. Um, so Penn State's kind of the Holy grail in the state of Penn. And, and the thing that, you know, we could talk about is like the blue and white, the no name on the back. Like that, I will always love that about. Penn. Like I love the simplicity of it. Like I like seeing Penn State take the field. It's like it's just different. It's it doesn't feel like. And I know I'm a fan, and I believe blue and white, but there's no like Michigan has it has the names on their jersey. Like it just doesn't have that same feel to it. It's so basic. It's just it's classy. It's I don't know. It's 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 classy. It's
0: clean, and I, I'm a big fan of the movie Miracle and uh, like one of my favorite movies of all time. And when um, <clears throat> Herb Brooks says the name on the front is a hell of a lot more important than the name on the back. That That is what the no name symbolize embodies to me. It's, it's the fact that the university trumps all.
1: Exactly. Yep. Yep. And that I get why they did it during the Bill O'Brien era to give some recognition to the guys that mm-hmm. stuck it through. and. It was still tough. It was like an eyesore, though, because of you know when you're used to one thing and one thing only. It it was it was bizarre, you know. But I understood it. I'm glad they didn't keep it long. Like I'm glad they didn't say you know from now on this is because I would I would be really pissed off. Like I'm not gonna say I would jump ship as a fan. It's not that important, but it it would piss me off on it. It would disappoint you. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely for forever. So (laughs) um, yeah, we pretty much I think we we tag team Penn State for you know good bit what. Switching gears, I'll, I'll go to a different sport. Uh, the Phillies are, are sitting at uh, – actually, I lost my, my browser here. <laughs> They've been playing a lot better as of, as of late, though, that's for sure. Um, Phillies are sitting at – still in third place behind the yeah. Marlins, which is crazy.
0: 51-42.
1: Yeah, 51-42. Uh, open up a series against the Brewers coming in tomorrow. Do you think this team has the magical carpet ride that they did last season? Obviously, going all the way to the World Series, uh, you know, losing to the damn Astros. We know that, unfortunately. But, I mean, it's – I grew up with the Phillies, like, more so than the Orioles. I'll put it to you that way. And it was like the Phillies were homegrown then. So, I did have a different feel to it. You know, Jimmy Rollins, Chase Utley, Ryan Howard. Like, it wasn't this – I mean, they they are a buyer now more than ever. And and bringing in in Dave Dombrowski, you knew it was going to be like that. Mm-hmm. John John Middleton definitely doesn't mind opening the checkbook, you know, and things have changed a lot. Do you, my fear is like, as Schwarber gets older, Cassiano's like, do you think this team's going to continuously spend money? I'll ask you that. And then where do you, where realistically, do you think this team goes the whole way or what's, what's the, the destination of this team?
0: Uh, I think this year, I mean, it's so hard because they are, the epitome of the word inconsistent you can you cannot get a feel for them whatsoever um, because I, I, you talked about this earlier uh wheeler has been struggling lately i mean he it, it's interesting i read in the uh the philly fan boards uh the the one great refrain is Noah's is not an ace and i i mean they're right he's not even though I think in the hearts of Philadelphians, he is. Um, but Wheeler has been that for the, at least the last two seasons. Like I was, I remember when they signed him, I was excited and I didn't realize how excited I was gonna be. I mean, he's been solid, but I mean, he's been inconsistent and they, they, they're they hitting, I mean, they have, they strained way too many runners. Uh, and uh, night in and night out they're they're stranding six seven eight nine batters and like you're pitching i mean if, if you're you have a team era of three you've got uh, like a lights out staff and but when you're stranding eight runners <laughs> that might not be enough and so it's just um to see where they're going this year i think they make the playoffs uh, I do believe that um, and then I mean last year was just such a magical ride that, like and that's the thing like it's so it's so difficult to to handicap the playoffs because because the, the the series are so short literally anything can happen I mean you get a guy that catches on that catches lightning in a bottle and then the next thing you know bam you're in the you're in the world series and I mean they they won the first game and they were up in the second like that's oh god yeah so um you it's interesting that you brought up the point about being homegrown um because and and that's what made those those phillies i mean chase hotley is probably my all-time favorite philly and I mean, it, it, it sickened me, but it also hurt me to see him go to the Dodgers to finish out. I mean, that was what made those teams so likable is because they, like you did watch them, you watch them progress all the way up from Clearwater through Reading, up and in, up into the bigs and stuff like that. So, um, I, I, don't get me wrong, I like the fact that they go out there and they, they get who they feel they, they, they need, um, but if I was if I was to bet on on the Phillies this year, I would say that they 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 make the playoffs, they and they probably win their wild card game and then they lose in the in the divisional round. Wow,
1: that that does surprise me a little bit. I when I say I follow both teams, I mean I I still do follow the Phillies a little more. I, I have a lot more coverage in my area of of the Phillies and and of that and I watch the guys on CSN Philly and and mm-hmm. like the whole bit. So it, it's it's always interesting, I mean they, uh, the thing you got to love about Philadelphia media is like, it's as honest and, and ruthless. <laughs> yes. New York and Philadelphia are like intertwined in that respect. I'll say yes. it like that. they, uh, they have the best media of, of any cities. Like I agree 100%. Of, so uh, when they're playing bad, they tell you, Oh my God, this team needs this, 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 and this, and this, and they might be all right. And then, when they're playing good, they're like, Oh, well, look, you know, we, we have a real chance. I I'm, I'm kind of surprised you say they lose in the divisional round. Cause I mean, they like Cassianos obviously back bouncing back this season, didn't have the best year. I think, he, you know, hitting the 260 range. He's he's just under 300. Now he, he was hitting well above 300 for yeah. quite some time. So he's he's back. I mean, Trey Turner, I, I hate to say, you know, it's early on in his contract, but he has not lived up to expectation. He's been just about average I would say. I mean he's hitting 240 so really that's not great at all. He hasn't played a, a great defensive shortstop. Like you say you mentioned the uh, you know Wheeler has an ERA in the fours. It's Noah Noah I really don't have confidence in Noah too much. Um he's <laughs> he's shaky Jake if anybody is. I mean Taiwan Walker has really stepped up. He he started this year like I think he was owned 5 or owned 6 at one point uh but he's he's kind of become the ace honestly at, at right now right here right now Ra- Ranger Suarez has been been pretty good i mean he he had some really really good starts but he's had some really clunkers as of late as well so it's it's interesting and then obviously you throw in Sanchez in the fifth starting role it's it's kind of um it's weird i don't know why they don't address that fifth st- i mean he's been all right he hasn't been bad but it's like is that sustainable i don't know I would be surprised if they don't at the deadline go out and get a guy that can at least fill in that fifth role, like on a consistent basis. Um, but I, I see this. Team, I think this team's going to go to the NLCS, to be honest with you. I, I, I think it's going to be the Braves and the Phillies and the NLCS. Um, oh, that'd be awesome. I just think the Braves are just an absolute powerhouse this year. Yeah. I mean, they, they've had seasons where they've looked like this before, and then they fell on their face, but I just – I have too much confidence in in Strider, and like that that lineup is just it's devastating to go up against. Yeah. Um. So I I do think you know maybe the Philly season unfortunately ends there, but I I think they push through the wild card, they push through the divisional round, and that's that's probably where they end. But it, it is like you mentioned. I mean Chase Utley, there's, there's homegrown. Like it's such a, I, I that's a little reason why it's it's hard for me to really love this Phillies team because it's. It's a bunch of like even Harper is not well, obviously they they sign and I I'm not saying don't go out and sign anybody but like the whole when you look around it's damn near the whole like the like, JT was uh on the Marlins and the and the Indian mm-hmm. and the Guardian like there's no I shouldn't say there's no there's Bryson Stott and then you have Bohm, Alec Bohm, and then after that it's like there's not really anybody else that's uh a farm product which is interesting and I
0: think. I think that's why Nola gets the love that he gets because he was a, a first-round pick and, and whatnot. And, and you're right. It when when you are able to watch a, a player progress through the minors, it's like you it, they're 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 Philadelphia through and through. And you, you touched on Harper, which was a great point. Like I I I was not a Bryce Harper fan at all. Um, I wasn't thrilled when they signed him, although I was glad that if it was going to be him or machado it was harper i, I really don't like machado um <laughs> uh, well but it, it, now that's funny because i liked him when he was with baltimore but i he because i'm i'm an orioles fan too I'm, I'm not as big of an orioles fan as i am Phillies fan but I, I i root for baltimore um and, and but i've 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 never been I've never been a big Machado fan, especially when he left Baltimore because he he seemed to, like he, he had a decent it seemed like he had a decent attitude when he was at Baltimore.
1: Yeah, yeah, he did, and and when they brought him up, it was like, oh my god, this is a Rod two point oh. Like, yeah, were, yeah. It, it was really like this guy could be. I mean, he still is. He he puts up monster numbers. Like, he's he's a stat machine. But I've talked about him in previous shows. He's I don't think he's uh like he has to win. I don't think he has that mindset. I, I just. Yeah. He's in. Yeah. He's in San Diego collecting as much money as he can, and living and a good he, life. Yeah, he's hitting three hundred, hitting thirty bombs, and then if he if they lose in the first round, he's whatever. Like I got a good right. life. Yeah, so.
0: exactly. Um, I'm a big sports movie guy, and like one of the movies I like a, a great bit is uh, Fever Pitch with Jimmy Fallon and Drew Barrymore. Yeah, and, and and you watch after they lo- they got beat in the playoffs, and like the fans are going crazy because those guys are out at the restaurant just eating like they don't care. Like, uh, I, I want my players to, like, maybe not be destroying things or stuff like that, but ha- have a vested interest how the team produces.
1: Yeah, um, I think I think you do have that with, with Harper. Like you said, you, know, you weren't a big Harper guy, but he is one of the most passionate players, I think, uh, in baseball. Absolutely. I have
0: grown to love Harper a great deal. Um, and the reason I don't think that they make it out of the divisional round is I just – because of the pitching like i i mean if their hitting gets hot then yes then i think that i mean then they could probably win anything but their pitching is just so inconsistent and i mean yeah walker was horrible at the beginning of the season i mean he was almost a guaranteed fate and and suarez what i i mean he was hurt during the world the wbc and so i was maybe like two starts off of like two starts behind him getting really hot but then when he got hot i mean he's he was almost a guaranteed win um but now he's he's fallen off again and it, it's it's interesting because your opinion of of trey i mean obviously he's not lived up to anywhere close to his billing and his hype and stuff like that but um the thing and the thing about baseball is it's such a long grind i mean and play like because Trey has been so so much of a prodigious talent, if he is average, that's a down year, but you're gonna people have down years like it, it's just it's unfortunate you don't especially in your first year but and that was the thing about Cassianos last year um i think that he tried he tried to force too much because he did get that big contract and uh, i mean that's not the first time this is by far not the first time that trey signed up a, a mega deal but he might have been pressing a little bit too much i also think that um there is a uh a lag after the world baseball classic because it, it's the same time as spring training but it's real games like that's and he was so phenomenal during that that i think that when he start and when he started out i mean in their early se- season he was still batting in the 280s but i think he just got tired and uh, so like i'm not worried at all about turner i think he bounces back uh, i mean i saw somewhere that if he bats like 320 for the rest of the year he's only he's still gonna only bat like. Two the the highest he can get is maybe like two seventy two eighty. Um. Still, so I'm not I'm not worried about him long term, but over the short term, I mean, the fifth starter. But then again, who has a fifth starter?
1: That's yeah. No, I give you that. It's just with like them turning into a team that's like, all right, we're gonna spend money, we're gonna do whatever it takes to get a a championship. I I would. I don't know. And maybe I just think differently than these. And I'm sure there's analytics that go into all this why they sign this guy, why they don't sign this guy. But I would sure up the pitching staff, not maybe not first and foremost in today's game because they, it's all about, you know, it, it, the pitch clock plays in like there's more runs being scored now. So I think you do need that good offense. But like I would really sure up one through five because once you get to the postseason, it's, like you know, you'll you. There's times I remember Cliff Lee would pitch on four days rest, three days mm-hmm. rest. There were times that they'd have Yankee guy like Pettit would go out there on three days rest, and I'm like, right. man, like that's not ideal, obviously. And some guys can do it and and make it happen and and push through, but if you have that one through five, like the Phillies back in the day when they had like Oswald, it was Oswald Cliff Lee. I can't remember if this was all at the same time because I could be wrong, but like Holiday, like they they just had it it was just dominant guy one through bang 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 and now it's like Nola shaky uh, Zach Wheeler hasn't been as good you don't really know what you're gonna get from him Taywan Walker's been really really good as as of late but started out bad like I I agree with you the, the Achilles heel is the pitching and then I think it's the starting pitching because the the bullpen's one of the best in baseball and and. So I mean, they went out and got you know Gregory Soto. They go out and get uh you know Kimbrel and things. But yeah, that's uh, that's starting rotation. Like you you stack it up against the Braves and it's like oh like I, you can you can see the disparity between the two or or the Dodgers or the Dodgers yeah even i mean the Padres don't have that great they they've had a really bad year honestly
0: and you know right yeah, they, they they have been incredibly just, and uh, you're talking about the uh the Phillies with uh, as well there is a there is a book called the rotation um that talks about the 2000 and uh, 2010 season 2000 no 2011 season where they uh they made the playoffs and then they, that was the year that uh Howard blew out ruptured his Achilles running out the first Um, as a Phillies fan it is one of the greatest books I've ever read, but it will make you so pissed off at the end because you you see that that was that was probably the best Phillies rotation I've ever seen in my entire life. You had Cliff Lee, Roy Halladay, Doc Halladay, Hamels, Oswald. Hamels uh, was real good at that time, too. So that book, what they did was uh, they covered each pitcher. Um, individually and then talked about the season in general, but, but they did a, a background bio on each pitcher. And there was this fantastic story about Hamels. He was a pitcher, he's from San Diego. So he was pitching in this high school game and is, uh, he's pitching a playoff game. And his coach came out and said, hey, I want you to walk this batter. And Hamels like, can I just hit him? I love that story. That's like one of the greatest stories I've ever heard. And uh, <laughs> And I mean, Jamie, like, that was that yeah that was a stacked deck um so i i am in 100 because i was a pitcher when i played in uh high school uh I, so i am all about particularly starting pitching um and, and but our bullpen started out the season they were horrible i mean they yeah. were they were in the bottom five in era and all that shit, and, and they just they turned it around you just have to i mean being a philadelphia fan it's hard to do this all the time but you gotta trust the process and but I, I am are we uh getting ready to cut off here yeah it'll
1: cut us in in 10 minutes
0: okay um but yeah i am in 100 percent agree i saw somewhere that that it was rumored that they were thinking about going out to get uh uh chris carpenter from the cards um along with um either arenado or Goldschmidt. And I think the hitting's fine. Like I, I'm a, I, I couldn't agree with you more. Like they definitely just need another solid starter. You can, you can kind of get away with four starters in the postseason because it's not as condensed of a, a format. But right, you don't want to. Like I mean, I grew up in the days of the four-man rotation. Like the 1986 had Doc Gooden. Um, Bob Ojita, Ron Darling, and and Sid Fernandez. That they, they, that's who they they pitch four players, and they just get. I mean, or those early '90s Braves rotation with Glad Glad and and Smoltz and Greg Maddox. Like that's that's not what it is anymore. So uh, it's yeah, we need a fifth. We need a fifth starter. But then again, so does everybody.
1: Yeah, it's it's real interesting because I like I said I watch both. With the Orioles and the Phillies so closely, and it's like two totally different as far as organization, organizational mindsets. Because I think the Orioles are trying to squeeze every last drop out <laughs> of who they have, and the Phillies are like, "Oh, let's go get Goldschmidt now. Let's go get R. Right. Like it's it's crazy. Like they are. I'm not gonna say they're the modern day Yankees because I mean, Yankees still spend 290, mm-hmm. but like when you look at the names in the lineup, it is. Yeah, like, it's it's quite crazy to think. Like Kyle Schwarber, that's a big name. Castellanos. Trey, when they got
0: Trey Turner, I was like, man. They, I was, was blown away. Nope, not at all. And, and then they, they talked about, like, I, I really thought they were going to get Trout when they got Harper. And that would have been awesome. And, and, I mean, they kicked around. But I think that the, the organization tried to put a pin in the fact, like, we are not going after Otani. Like, don't even think about it.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's
0: – Would you trade to get him if you could?
1: I think – I mean, see, here's the thing. Like, I wouldn't give up a – I mean, maybe if I'm a team like the Philly, I mean, even the Orioles are on pace to, like, compete. Like, they could mm-hmm. realistically compete for a World Series, which is it's hard to believe. So, but, <laughs> um, I think if you're in that position, you try and go get him. Only because you don't know if he's going to come back, but you're, you're knocking on the doorstep of, like, you know, if I get this guy, maybe he propels me over the top. If you're a team that's like like the Mets right now, even if you get Otani, I don't think you're gonna get past the wild card round, maybe the right. divisional round. Um, but I, I just don't like you have to be solidified as like, okay, we can we can win the World Series this season because there's no guarantee you're gonna give up a shit ton for right. it to get him. And then at the same rate, he might not come back to you, and then you're sitting there like, well. We just gave up our four top prospects in our system. Right, right.
0: we shot our load, and, and, and yeah, and, for what? And yeah, for what? exactly like so, you sell
1: tickets, no question about it. It doesn't matter where but they you already think... do that. Yeah, 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 Phillies definitely do that. Um, but like, <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: I don't like. What do you think? I'll, I'll ask you. We'll kind of end on this, and I'll let you you plug your you know what you got going on. But where do you think he gets traded the deadline? Like, where do you think he goes, or do you think he stays put? And then if he does stay put do you think he resigns like just all I,
0: all- if, I think he will get traded um only because they 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 can't sign him they don't have like they're not they signed all that money with Trout and i mean you can make the argument that he has hasn't been worth it because at the end of the day what are they doing like they they're i mean they're they're right at 500 right now i think they're actually below it and they, um, so they, they've got, they have to trade him because they're not going to sign him. So if you just let him finish out the year, you you run the risk of, of not getting anything for him. Um, to answer your question, where does he go? I mean, that's, that's tough to say. I mean, there, there's so many like, I, I, God, I mean, the Yankees, that would just be sickening. I, um, <laughs> I, I saw San Diego, I'm like, yeah. I don't know, but um, yeah. So I don't know where he goes. Uh, as long as he stays out of the NL, though, I just I would that that would be enough for me.
1: Yeah, I think they say Seattle. I I don't know how realistically they have a a chance, but uh, the Ichiro connection, like they say, there's some some possibilities that that the Mariners go all in and and hmm. find a way, to, which would be kind of. I mean, it would just be cool because they never really have success. Like they don't have, you know, they've never. I don't think they've been to a World Series. I know they haven't no.
0: won any. Yeah, they uh, definitely didn't win any. Their last big name was—I mean, you could arguably say uh, Griffey, um, yeah. or maybe like Randy Johnson. But yeah, they're, they're, yeah, that would—I didn't even think about them. But that would be cool. And there is a large uh, Asian population in the Pacific Northwest, so that, that kind of makes sense. But okay, um, I, I don't want him to re
1: like I think the Angels are just a an atrocity of the franchise. Like they don't know. Like I I I think this might be a hot take too. I've talked about it before, but I think Trout is uh, he doesn't want. I don't think he'd want to play in Philly. I, I think that's too much. He wants to just chill. Like he's another Machado to me. And and I really I I just don't get the vibe that he's like I want to win more than anything. Because if he wanted to win more than anything, I don't think he would have resigned out there. I I think he I think these players know a little bit better than. All right, we're because this that team never gets it together. I, I don't, I don't seem to understand. Like, I I saw the Orioles do it, and I'm not gonna say they're gonna do anything crazy, but they've they've transformed so much more than the Angels have in like two to three years than mm-hmm. my entire life watch like seeing what the Angels can do. And they the Angels spend a hundred million more, so I don't really understand. I don't know. I just don't think Trout. Maybe I'm wrong, but until he proves me otherwise. I think that's, a, just, that's an interesting uptake
0: that for sure.
1: he's just content out there but but no I appreciate you coming on Joey. Uh, how can we find you and, and what what do you got going on?
0: Okay, so um I just um I'm the editor of a, a new startup uh sports site called uh, Game Time Sharks and we provide gambling, uh strictly gambling and fantasy sports information for uh seven different major markets. Uh so that's you can get uh, find me there under Joey House at uh, GameTimeSharks.com. Um, I'm also a contributor for uh, DocSports.com, and uh, I'm also the uh, site editor at VictoryBellRings.com.
1: Awesome! Yeah, yeah. All you uh, degenerates out there.
0: No, I'm just <laughs> Yeah, no, you're right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, but that that's awesome. I, I'm definitely wanting to come on in the future. We had a lot of fun. I got a shout out. Uh, the 1420 Sports Podcast. Go take a listen to them. They'll they'll for, for sure make you laugh uh fan in the van jim Plotner. uh i'm hopefully he didn't have an aneurysm he's a he's a yankees fan and they just got they lost to the rockies this this weekend so he uh and he's a pretty passionate fan at that so i'm sure he'll have something interesting to say about about Brian Cashman and the and the organization again um but definitely get, check those guys out check out two dudes with sports news and uh is this a bad take that's that's another one of their uh their segments to to their podcast so definitely check out all those there's plenty of more i'll put in the comments on twitter follow me at brutally honest without the t uh just can't get the t in there so brutally honest uh without the t but yeah once again man thanks thanks for so much and i mean we covered a lot in not a lot of time i would say really no but um that about does it and uh we'll talk to you later all right